be around the people that live in abundance mm -hmm. and learn from them and make that seem like the norm and you'll rise up to that you will you'll learn from them but then your whole mindset will shift as well joy welcome to the fit team show chris i am so excited to be here excited to have you and look forward to learning more about you and your story sure absolutely and i just think um i am just so thankful to come here and just the fact that you guys had a part in helping me achieve my iron man um, I just want to start off by saying I am incredibly grateful and thank you for believing in me, even when I don't know if I believe in myself, but that, knowing that, that you guys did, it made all the difference. That's really an did. amazing accomplishment. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. It was fun. It was fun. Look forward to talking about that. But if uh, if we could, let's start You know, early on where you grew up um, and some hobbies you had as a kid and um, we'll start there and then we'll work through our way through where we're at now. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm a Florida girl, so every time I land, I'm super excited to see my palm trees and the sunshine. Um, took all that for granted, you know, and then once you move away, you're like, oh, I kind of miss that. So I love coming back to Florida. Grew up in the Tampa area. Um, middle, lower class. Uh, the funny story I like to tell is I didn't realize that burglar bars on houses weren't necessarily normal <laughs> until i went to school in south carolina and i'm driving around and i'm like man nobody has burglar bars on their house like what what's the deal and then i realized that you know the neighborhood we lived in probably was you know middle lower class but it's funny how as a kid you don't you just are used to whatever you grow up as mm -hmm. and, and you don't know that there's a difference wow. so yeah so as a kid with up. some hobbies that you had what was interest that you had i was a total tomboy because i was right in the middle of two brothers and um, everything was, you know, don't throw like a girl, don't run like a girl, don't like a girl. And, you know, I so I really tried to hang with the boys. And that's how I got into a lot of sports. And uh, my dad was a professional boxer, so he taught me how to box. Um, I had quite a few fights in the neighborhood just trying to be one of the boys. So that was pretty much my childhood. It was, uh, it was fun. I didn't know your fun. dad was a professional boxer. Yeah, he was. He was. He absolutely was. So obviously he taught you about discipline and... Mm -hmm. things like that it's probably mm -hmm. what shaped a lot of where you're at today yeah i think so i think so oh. and he's the one that um you know i always tell the story about how i got into running he was a runner i was a daddy's girl and just to be with him i would wait by the door so when he would come back we'd do a little loop i'm mean, starting like when i was two and um when i was three that's when it started and i did my first three mile race and then i if you think of your earliest childhood memory I remember as a four-year-old going into the living room, getting the courage to go in and tell my parents the three-year-old race, which is the Gasparilla Distance Classic in Tampa, it's a big race, that's for babies, mom and dad. I want to do the 9.3. I'm four now. And my mom's mouth dropped. My dad's chest puffed because, of course, he's thinking, oh, that's awesome. And, um, and then they made me leave the room. They fought about it. And then they came up with a, you know, well, if you can run to grandma's house or just five miles, we'll consider it because they didn't think I'd be able to do it. And I did. Wow. And the rest is history. It was a news story. Like, they, they blew it up. Um, it was fun. It was, you see this, you know, little kid running. And what I learned from that that I've taken into the future, um, and even as I look back to that moment, was for someone that age to run that far, that's not a big deal. They have so much energy. You know, you have a toddler, they're, they're, they're bursting with energy. It was the focus mm -hmm. of a four-year-old to say, I'm going to train, and then I'm going to run that long. Because I think it took me like three hours. I mean, it was something crazy. I'm going to run that long without stopping. Um, that's what I go back to and, you know, to inspire myself is the focus of it, not necessarily the distance or the yeah, that's energy. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was next for you after that, after you went out and did that? 
Um, I did it every year mm-hmm. uh, till I was about 11, 12, and really got into team sports. And then I was like, oh, running's so lonely. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I got into the team. Basketball is my favorite sport, for sure. So I got into basketball, and then that became my next little sports love for, for a while. So after high school, what did you do? So in high school, um, I played all the sports, all of that. I ended up going to Pensacola Christian College in Pensacola. Um, pretty much arranged my classes so I could be at the beach as much as possible (laughs) and uh, studied radio and television communications. Um, My initial dream was to be an on-air news reporter and um, and then I pursued that, went on to get my master's at a school in South Carolina at Bob Jones, did some internships there at an NBC station and then realized that reporters, you know, you really, it's a struggle to make an income. Mm-hmm. Um, they got paid very, I mean, back then, we're talking like $12,000 a year. I mean, it was like nothing because everybody wanted to be a reporter. And then to climb, you had to travel, jump market to market to market to maybe make it to an anchor, to maybe make, what, 50 grand, maybe then to maybe make it to a bigger market. To really, you know, so it's, it was a long, hard road. And then I quickly realized um, the meteorologist pulled me to the side. He's like, Joy, why don't you go into sales? <laughs> he said, you see who's driving the nicer cars out there? It's the salespeople. So that got me into uh, media sales, which kind of translated, you know, into learning pretty much every business out there, learning about them. Because think about it, you know, television sells to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I was able to learn about a lot of different industries. So from going into what you were first looking at into sales, it's obviously a big transition. Yeah, it is. And it's fun how now I've it's come back around to be able to use, you know, and be on air, you know, even if it is just, um, you know, social media and that type of thing. But I loved it. I always had a passion for being on camera and telling a story and digging and interviewing. I mean, I always loved that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad that I'm able to circle back around this many years later and be able to, you know, be involved in that type of thing again. So what advice do you have for someone that's, you know, that, that is wants more, you know, and obviously sales is probably the way to get it for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. To, you know, what advice do you have for them? Um, I did a post yesterday, I think, and it was it was talking about making an income while making an impact. You know, and it was funny, some of the replies, because a lot of people, they were like, I'm making an income, but I'm not making an impact or I'm making an impact, but I'm not making an income. But you got to be able to do both Mm -hmm. to be able to feel fulfilled and to be able to feel like you're fulfilling your purpose. And, um, you know, that makes all the difference, because for me now that it's evolved into helping with healthcare, I'm real passionate about helping people, um, you know, get the best healthcare that's out there. And in order to have and maintain good health care and our the ecosystem's got to have competition and that comes with the private practice so my goal is to help keep the private practices alive and thriving uh and and that ends up providing the best health care for people because where there's competition there's going to be good service absolutely so <clears throat> media sales up until now what talk a little bit about that what happened in between there so um i was in after i I left. It's funny. We were talking about kids. I know you just had another little one. And um, after my first child and trying to work and put him in daycare, you know, we got to the point we ran out of sick days and we didn't have family in town. And we both looked at each other and we were like, OK, they're not going to take him because he's got a temperature. What do we do? And my dream at that point was to be able to have more flexibility. And um, the opportunity came up. I started my own advertising agency, was able to work from home. 
and then that's how, and then when I had the rest of my kids. And not that that's easy. Working from home and juggling little ones, that's a whole nother level of challenge. But at least, you know, we weren't running out of sick days and I could be there. And um, that's kind of how I launched into that and then picked up healthcare clients um, and, and then got, really got passionate about healthcare and helping them grow. So when did your passion for running come back? So it was just this last year um, after being on LinkedIn and, the, and really just let me back up the reason i think linkedin is so addictive and so well for those who are so involved is because every time you log on there is like this growth coming at you you're learning something new you're learning about a new industry you're being challenged and that growth mindset i think organically we're we're wired to want that because that's when you feel the most alive when you're getting somewhere when you're growing and uh so as i began to shift that mindset on LinkedIn, uh, I, I was wanting to grow my business and I was like, wow, you know, I just feel like I'm all over the place. I'm stuck. What can I do to challenge myself? Because professionally, I felt like I was at a wall. And that's when I came across that little picture that I was telling you about of when I was four years old running this race. And I saw that picture and you just see this focus on my face. And I was like, I need that focus. I need that. What can I do? And I was like, you know what? I never run a 26.2 marathon ever. I said, I'm going to make that my new year goal. And so I started, I think, December 30th. I, up until that point, I, I mean, I'm very consistent in healthcare and health and keeping up and eating. But it was just like your normal 30-minute cardio weights three times a week. Just real, you know, consistent, but nothing major. And so that first night on December 30th, I said, let me go try to run nine miles, see what it feels like, you know, just to start the training. And I did, and it was doable, and it was good, and... And uh, I learned so much through the training of pushing myself and disciplining and, um, you know, and, and running that first marathon. It was a big deal. It was hard. I think anybody who's run a full marathon, you mm -hmm. have, mm -hmm. that's a distance to respect no matter how many times you run it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what kind of started the snowball of, uh, of not stopping and continuing other health challenges and fitness challenges. Did you run any half marathons before the full? Um, no, just in training, because mm -hmm. in training you get up to 20 miles. So, so you just decided I'm going right for the full, I'm not even doing a half? Well, because if I can go out and just run nine miles mm -hmm. like that, sure. in my sure. mind I was like, oh, I'll just do a half, and then I knew that's not mm -hmm. a challenge for you. Right. You could do that in probably like three weeks. That's not going to be a challenge. And that's what's important, I think, for everybody. You know what your real challenge is. Don't mm -hmm. sell yourself short. Right. That's a good lesson right there. Like, mm -hmm. don't think, oh, I'm going to challenge myself and do something that you know doesn't scare you. Mm -hmm. You have to do something that scares you. Literally, because this, this, um, this race was in Hawaii, and as we drove to the top of the mountain that morning, the bus kept going and going and going, and I'm thinking, holy cow, this is how far we're running? <laughs> and I was sick to my stomach. I mean, I was so scared. And that's what I knew. That's the challenge I needed. You've mm -hmm. got to feel like, you know, it's going to take everything you got to get it done. That's when you know you challenged yourself, right. you know, because if you fail, so what? Go do it again. You learn it and then, then you figure out what to do next time. But you there's something about feeling that feeling in your stomach and knowing this is big, because mm -hmm. then when you accomplish it, the feeling is amazing. Right. It's so amazing. And the most important thing is once you achieve one goal is to set a new goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how it happened. So we were in Hawaii. This was a downhill marathon, which sounds easy. But what I didn't know was it actually uses it's eccentric. I think that's the I don't know, I don't know the exact term, but it's using your, both your quads and 
and your hamstrings at the same time. So it really just wrecks your body because you're going a lot faster than you're used to running. You're pounding on mm -hmm. all of your muscles. And I really couldn't even walk the next two weeks really hardly. So I went and my husband to see Hawaii. And so we did a helicopter tour the next day so we could at least go see everything. I had been there a lot, but he hadn't. And as we're going over the Kona coast, the helicopter says, the helicopter pilot says, so Joy, what's next? An Iron Man? And I was like, oh shoot, why did he say that? Because I knew I had already started this growth thing and I didn't need any new ideas. And then it never left my mind. And then I was like, but I don't even know how to swim. I don't even how, really know how to bike or cycle. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's impossible. That's so much trouble. But it wouldn't leave my mind. And I knew that became my goal. And, um, and so then I threw that out there too. I was like, I'm gonna learn how to swim and cycle and I'm gonna do an Ironman. And it got tricky because everyone I scheduled to do something with work or family would come up and I was ready to just dismiss it. Um, but actually, there was one guy on LinkedIn who his kids do Ironmans. He's older and his kids are grown. And he kept on me. He kept saying, Joy, when's the, when are you doing it? When are you doing it? And, he went, and I was like, I can't let him. You know, I don't know. It sounds weird. But I was like, I don't want to let these people that I'm always speaking about this. Like, you got to practice what you mm -hmm. preach. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back on a goal that I had. And, um, and I'm so glad I didn't, Chris. I'm so yeah. glad I didn't. Because look, I would have never gotten even farther than that. Because mm -hmm. even going into the 70.3, another moment, I was sick the night before, like sick, dreading the date. Like every day I look at the calendar, and I'm like, it's coming, it's coming, you know, September's coming. Um, as soon as I finished it, uh, the, before that I thought people who do fulls are crazy. I mean, that's just insane. Who can do a full? That's, mm -hmm. I would never do that. But as soon as I finished the 70.3 and saw that I had accomplished that, I was like, you know what? I can do it. Um, um, it's just, and it just reminds you that everything in life is just a step that you mm -hmm. build on. Like you can't look at the end and your end dream goal and think, if you look too far ahead, it's too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's just, let me do the first step. Let me get there. And then let me get here. And, then, and even like in your business, you mm -hmm. know, if somebody, a young kid were to come in and say, oh, how did Chris do all that? Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not right. what he has to look at. It's like, how did Chris start? Mm -hmm. You know, what was the first thought he had? Right. Go there and build up from there. Right. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, a, and, and so then that was the process. So then after that, I, I decided, you know what? I've got to do a full before the year ends. I've got to. And, um, and the difference there with the full, which I put up on a post as well, was, I wasn't sick to my stomach. I wasn't scared the night before. And yet this was going to be my biggest challenge, right? Okay. I mean, 2.4 miles swim in the ocean, a uh, 112-mile bike, and a 26.2 marathon. I wasn't scared. I just learned to respect the preparation and the grit it was going to take. And it was a whole different feeling. And it's funny how your mindset shifts because after I did the swim and the bike, when I got to the marathon, which remember, beginning of the year was like overwhelming, I was like, oh, phew, all I have left is a marathon. I mean, look at that shift. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different mindset shift. That is. So when was the marathon and the, what was the dates for these three? So the, my first marathon was in March, mm -hmm. and then I did the full Ironman in November. Wow. So through that time, I learned how to swim, which swimming is hard. It's a it's technique. It's learning. And I still am not a good swimmer, I would say. Um, I have a lot of technique to work on, but yeah. So your first marathon and Ironman in the same year? All in the same yeah. year. Mm -hmm. And I learned to swim and cycle because I'd never really swam before. So people are probably asking, what's next? Um, I'm looking at the Alcatraz swim. That just seems kind of cool. And then my goal is to really just shave my time. Um, I did it in exactly what I, I wanted to do it in because I wanted to enjoy the first race. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. want to. And you don't know how much steam I'm going to have in there. So you kind of just, 
you know, hold back a little bit. Uh, so I need to shave about four hours off my time, which that's a lot. But logistically, there's a lot I can take off just in the bike and not stopping and, and a lot of stuff. Um, and I would love to make it to Kona, and you got to qualify for that. So. Well, for those that don't know what Kona is, talk a little bit. So Kona is the world championship in an order in Hawaii. And in order to get there, you have to at least win your age group in one of the races and to claim a spot. And even then, it's kind of tricky because you have to win it. But there's certain spots. It's kind of a – I don't even understand the whole process. But I just know I've got to at least get down to like a 10-hour, 11-hour Ironman to have the chance of doing that. So – so what advice do you have for anyone that's looking to do their first ha- uh, marathon, let's say, or half marathon? It's, it's, or all in the, it's all in the mindset. And, and once again, it's not even about an Ironman or, or athletic. It's, it's about, you know, just envisioning it and seeing it and realizing that really you can accomplish anything you set your mind to if you are consistent and you take those steps to discipline yourself and you hold on to the vision. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I can't tell you, I'd be running in the country or wherever, but I was always envisioning the beach or wherever that destination was gonna be that I was doing my race. I always envisioned that in my mind. Um, Even last night I was swimming in a regular pool, which I hate swimming in a pool right now. I love open water. Um, But I was envisioning, I took myself back to Cozumel and seeing the fish and seeing everything and, and my whole swim, I was, I wasn't there. I was, you know, I was where I wanted to be swimming. A lot of people struggle with consistency, and obviously it's, it's so important. It's everything. What, what advice do you have for them? Consistency is your personal integrity. That's exactly what it is. We will keep promises Love to that. so many people, but we don't keep our own promises to ourselves. And that's why I struggle sometimes. I love personal trainers. I love having coaches, and I think you need them. But it's funny. I was talking to a, a Ironman coach the other day and this lady paid thousands of dollars she didn't even make it past the swim why because it it didn't come from her it's got to start with you and then a coach or a trainer can take you to the next level but at the end of the day it's all you it's that person in the mirror that you've got to keep those promises you make to yourself Mm -hmm. Um, because without that what do you have I mean that's where character starts obviously it started with your parents and, and your dad what who else can you say who else has been part of your life that you would consider maybe that uh, your team or whatever that's helped to you get to where you're at and um it's it's people that believe in you you know it's so funny um and you have to learn sometimes the people closest to you are the naysayers because mm-hmm. it's their own you know limitations that they put on you it's or they're worried about you or i know right before i went out to the race i had a family member say now you know too much exercise can be bad you know like be careful mm-hmm. um but i would say my kids my kids especially i think because i want to set an example for them and um there's nothing like when the teenage boys in your house are like, mom, that's pretty awesome. You know, mm-hmm. like to give the respect of them. I don't know. That sounds weird, but it's pretty cool. Cause at that age, not much is cool to them, you know, especially mm-hmm. a mom. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people use their kids as an excuse to not do something mm-hmm. and you're taking the exact opposite is you're reason them, you're using them as a reason to go out and do something, inspire them, and mm-hmm. show them what can be accomplished. Just touch on that for a second. It's funny you say that because yesterday someone put up a post about, um, you know, like paying people to do other things and, like, you know, to because your time's important, which I totally agree with. And I was like, that's what kids are for now. You know, I have my kids doing the grocery shopping and picking each other up from school. And, and I, looking back now, you know, we have five kids, and I would say – 
I have learned so much from them. First of all, you learn time management, just like we were talking about. Mm -hmm. When you have a little baby or you have little toddlers, the time you do have is so valuable. You don't get distracted. You sit down, you focus, you get it done because you're always on borrowed time. You don't know who's gonna be sick the next day, who you're gonna have to stay home with, who's gonna have a school meeting. You're always on borrowed time and you really learn to get a lot done and become very efficient. That's one of the big things having kids has taught me. And then also, you know, just they're going to call you out. You can't, you have to practice what you preach with kids because they see you every minute, you know. And just the multitasking and the patience and seeing them interact with each other. I know I wouldn't be anywhere near as, um, I don't want to say accomplished, but as driven and proficient and efficient without having been a mom. You know, I don't know how people without that do that because that's what I needed to mold and shape me, especially that many because it's like, yeah, you can handle a lot, you know, mm -hmm. you can handle a lot. And it's all, it's all relative. Like when you have one, it seems overwhelming. Then you have two and you're like, oh, one seems easy. Then you have three and you're mm -hmm. like, ah, two was easy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's all relative mm -hmm. and you got to be gracious as you face other people with that, you know, and not look down and which I don't. But at the same time, I think the more you grow, the more you can accomplish. God's like, you know what, I've given you that for a reason because I know you can handle a lot. And now you can handle a lot in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. And it's about being a full person. I don't know if that made any sense. It kind of like no, went it, all over the place. It, it, it did. <laughs> you talked about, you know, having goals, consistency, um, you know, not using excuses. What else would you add for anybody that's an entrepreneur athlete? Because a lot of the same things, obviously, mm -hmm. are incorporated to have success. Um, I would just say, you know, make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's, it's funny how when I, before this, I didn't even know one person personally who had ever done an Ironman. I didn't know anybody. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. But once I put that out there, so many people through social media started reaching out to me, including pros and walking me through everything. And all of a sudden, I went from this whole group where there's like, wow, that's crazy, that seems far, that's a lot, to no, this is every day, this is normal, this is easy, you can do it, it's just this, this, this. And, uh, and there's the same thing, you know, with the, your professional life. If you're around people who are successful, who are making a lot of money, who are accomplishing these big goals, the goals don't seem so big anymore. Mm -hmm. They seem like the norm. Right. And so you got to be so careful that you don't stay around the scarcity mindset if mm -hmm. you're wanting to be in an abundance mindset. Be around the people that live in abundance mm -hmm. and learn from them and make that seem like the norm. And you'll rise up to that. You will. You'll learn from them, but then your whole mindset will shift as well. Absolutely. What's some last words that you want to share with the audience? The last words I want to share is that everybody is an influencer because we all have the potential to change people's behavior. And that's my goal. It doesn't have to be thousands, but you know, my main goal is to at least change one. And, and it's been neat and humbling to see that that has translated to a lot more than I ever thought that are losing weight, doing, you know, athletic events, um, you know, they just are more driven and excited about fitness just because they follow my journey. And that to me is um, what makes, you know, having influence over people worth it. So everybody is an influencer. It's just how are you influencing? That's awesome. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. You're welcome. It's great to be here.